Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 238 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about the God of peace. Let's dive in. Well, whether you listen or watch the news at all, there is a bait in this times, these seasons in which we live, for worry and fear and anxiety. Well, it seems like a lot of people I know are really anxious about the things that are going on over in Russia and Ukraine and Europe and China and Taiwan and well, what's happening here in America. There's a lot of potential, well, just unknown. And because of that, it is so easy to fall into a position or a mindset of just fear and foreboding and worry and anxiety. Well, I want to poke at this idea or come at it from a different perspective than I've often talked about. And it's really looking at the one who is peace itself. If we desire to actually have peace and joy and contentment and rest in our lives, especially in the days in which we live, it is critical for us to know the God of peace. Now, when you think of the word peace, I don't know what you imagine, but I think of like sitting on a beach somewhere with a cup of lemonade and just hearing the ocean waves just roll into, you know, onto the seashore and I'm just resting and it's like, oh, that just sounds so lovely, especially in winter season. <laughs> Being in warm weather just would be delightful right now. But that's actually not what peace is. When you look at peace biblically, it really comes from the Hebrew idea of shalom, which the derivative of that is a shalem, which I have no idea if that's actually how you pronounce it. (laughs) But regardless, the derivative or the root of the word shalom means complete or a soundness. So when you look at this idea of shalom in the Hebrew, it's this idea of, well, peace or an absence of strife. And one idea is that it's the removal of every enemy faction. But in the idea of shalom itself, This Hebrew concept, it contains this idea of well-being and health and prosperity and security and soundness and completeness or, or wholeness. And as you see it kind of moving into the New Testament, 
the Greek concept of peace has a little bit of that with it, but it's also this idea of harmonious relationships or freedom from disputes. In other words, there's this idea of tranquility with it. But it's interesting as you go back and look at this concept of shalom, how significant it is, especially in the light of Judges chapter 6, verse 24. Now, there's only one time in scripture where God is given the name or the name is declared or revealed of who he is as Jehovah Shalom, meaning the God of peace. And it's from this incredible story, and you know the story well, but it's that story where Gideon is out, you know, threshing his weed and he's doing it in a little wine press so he can hide. And and this angel of the Lord comes up to him and he's saying, hey, look, I want you to go and I, I want you to free the Israelites from the Midianites. And of course, Gideon is reluctant and And it says in Judges chapter 6, verse 22 through 24, when it says that Gideon is looking at this angel that was appearing before him, it says, when Gideon saw that he was the angel of the Lord, Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, peace to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Isn't that a great story? Here is Gideon who's being commissioned to rise up as a leader and actually to rescue the Israelites. And as he's talking to the angel of the Lord, there is this overwhelming fear because he realizes he's not merely just talking to an angel from the context. It actually seems like he's actually talking to God himself. And in the midst of all this, there's this great holy fear. You see the same thing happening, for example, in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah sees this incredible vision and the Lord is lifted high up and Isaiah says, woe is me, that somehow seeing the perfect righteousness and holiness of God strikes a deep, overwhelming fear in Isaiah. Well, here's Gideon, and it seems like he is overwhelmingly afraid because he's seen the Lord. And yet God speaks to Gideon. And he says, peace to you, shalom to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So as a memorial, as a remembrance of this whole encounter, Gideon builds an altar there unto the Lord and names that altar Jehovah Shalom. Now that's the only time that the name of God is revealed as Jehovah Shalom. But do you know how profound that is for our lives? Our God is Jehovah Shalom. He is the one that was and is and forever will be Shalom, that he is perfect peace. In fact, you see that prophecy foretold in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, looking at the coming Messiah, Jesus. And the prophet Isaiah writes this in Isaiah nine, for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love that. That one of Jesus' names foretold in the Old Testament is that not only is his name Wonderful, which he is, and that he is our Counselor, and that he is Mighty God himself, that he is the Everlasting Father, but his name is the Prince of of peace, that he is the prince of shalom, that he is that prince of completeness or soundness or wholeness, that he is the God of peace. 
I don't know about you, but we in this world in which we live need to know the Prince of Peace. And this only heightens as you continue through the New Testament. I love what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says. In this conversation that Paul is having with the Ephesians about the fact that that in Jesus, the wall of division has been removed from the Gentiles and the Israelites. In the middle of that whole thing, Paul makes this phenomenal declaration about Jesus. Paul says, for he, Jesus himself, is our peace. And you grab a hold of this concept that not only is Jesus giving us peace, he is the very peace itself. Well, consider this in light of your personal life. Are you struggling with fear or worry or anxiety or foreboding? Do you need overwhelming peace to reside in your heart and in your mind? Well, if so, the solution is actually not searching it in a whole variety of places like the world does. As you look at culture, people are looking for peace and rest and hope in alcohol and in drugs and in sex and entertainment and sports and any other thing they can grab a hold of to bring about a stupor of the soul. And yet, while it may drown out the noise for a short season, it actually does not bring relief or true peace. Because peace is not found in something. Peace is found in someone, of course, being Jesus. Wouldn't it just be incredible that you and I actually have access to overwhelming peace That it's not based on circumstance. It's not based on situation. It doesn't matter what's going on in the economy or the finances or the world political system. It doesn't matter what war may be on the horizon. You and I can live in perfect peace because our hearts are steadfast upon the one who is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. I've been pondering this idea that there's a city, and of course you know the name of the city, But there's a city whose name means the city of peace, and it's the name Jerusalem. Jerusalem means the city of peace. It's that word shalem or shalom and jeru. So Jerusalem or Jerusalem. And it's interesting that the city, the city's name means the city of peace. And yet out of all the cities of the world, that one has some of the most crazy conflict over the last several thousand years. That there's constant strife, there's constant struggle, and of course you have all this craziness happening because you have this mix mash of, you know, the whole uh, Muslim and Jewish and Christian and, I mean, everyone is trying to claim Jerusalem because it is a holy city, quote unquote. And yet, isn't it interesting that Jerusalem is the city where God's presence dwells? That when you go to the Old Testament, the reason Jerusalem was so significant is because that is where the temple was. That's where the presence of God is. Therefore, well, if God's presence is in the city, it must be a city of peace. So take that concept and apply it spiritually to our lives. Now, I understand you and I are not cities. (laughs) That's probably a rather good thing, actually. (laughs) But the reality is, is just as Jerusalem was a city where the presence of God dwelt, do you not realize that your life as a believer is now the location where the spirit of God dwells. As Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, he says, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? 
Now, if that is true, and it is, if you are a Christian, then you have become the temple of the Holy Spirit, that you have become the dwelling place of the Lord, which means your life should be the place of peace. That regardless of what may be happening in the world around you, that your life should be the place of true, perfect peace because the Spirit of God dwells within you and He is the God of peace. Do you know how profound that is in my mind? That I don't actually have to go somewhere to seek peace. Rather, I need to embrace the one who is my peace. And what if he wants to take your life and my life and begin to make us little havens of peace for our world? That as we engage our work and as we engage the people around us and our family and our churches, that people just have this overwhelming rest and serenity as they spend time with us, not because of you or I, but because of the presence of Jesus within our lives. Would it be possible? I mean, is it fathomable in your mind that God wants to bring about great peace in your life? Again, not because you're searching for, not because you've done a certain, you know, whatever, but it's because you've embraced him and he is the God of peace. Recently for my Deeper Christian Quotes site, where I post a quote every single day, I came across this quote by a British theologian from the 1800s. His name was Edward B. Pussy or Pussy or something like that. And he, he makes this statement that I thought was just really interesting. He says this, true peace is when the soul revolves around its center, almighty God, craving nothing but what God continually supplies. Isn't that an interesting thought? That true peace is when we take our lives and our souls and revolve it around one center, Jesus. And when you center your life around God Almighty, well, you find that your life begins to experience peace. Again, the circumstances of life may not change. The economy may not shift. In fact, it may get worse. The world crisis, the the world political stuff that's going on may go keep going down a slippery slope. And yet you and I have the promise that we can live in perfect peace because we have the God of peace living inside of us. Would you freshly go after Jesus? Would you embrace him and realize that he is our only hope for peace? That whether you listen to the news, which we probably shouldn't because it's such a distraction, And yet, regardless of whether we're listening to what is happening in the world today, regardless of what's happening, you know, with viruses and political stuff and countries, that you and I can remain in this sweet tranquility of trust and hope and peace because you and I have Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, living inside of us. Well, that is such an encouragement for my soul, and I hope it's a blessing and a reminder for you that in the days in which we live, there is peace available. Well, let's freshly embrace him. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, including a list of all those verses I just read, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 238 for episode 238. And until next time, know I'm praying for you And I'm cheering you on as you build your life around the Prince of Peace, Jehovah Shalom himself, Jesus Christ.